you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Monday, October 10th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of the 14-year NFL vet, the three-time pro bowler, the pride of Deep Creek High School in Chesapeake, Virginia. Mm. The Vatek Ledge, who was the eighth overall pick of the Atlanta Falcons in 2004. He spent four seasons in the ATL, one in black and silver, and then finished his career for a decade in the once distinguished burgundy and gold go. of Washington. He's D'Angelo <laughs> Hall. Welcome to the pod. Once. You're right about that. Oh, my goodness. They breaking my heart. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. We'll get to that in a moment. D. Hall, because you know my heart's breaking right there with you. D. Hall is joined today by the host of NFL Total Access, the broadcast. The pride of Miami, who spent the last week in the UK wearing wellies and jumpers and plimsolls and peacoats, no doubt. MJ Acosta Ruiz, welcome back to the States. Welcome back to the pod. What time zone are we in? Okay, great. Yeah, We're exactly, going to be fine. Exactly. Fake it till you make it. D Hall, you clocked a 4 3 4 in the 40. Do you deny that? Uh, I do not deny that. But people say that, but hey, you know my fastest is 4 1 5. No. For the record. I got the Virginia Shut Tech up. record. You better ask That's somebody. Crazy. Let me tell you something. Uh, the yeah. streak remains alive, which is why. <laughs> I ask the question every time we ask people about their 40, they it always lower. comes don't, with don't a story. Lower. Always comes with an equation, it was a, a doubt, and a story. Thank you for keeping the streak alive. Mondays around here are all about musings, about conflict and chaos and triumph, too, as a result of what we saw on the field Sunday. And we begin with this. Kick on the way. It is up. It is good. Time has expired. What a night for the Ravens. Ravens 19, Bengals 17. Appropriate scoreline for a frustrating night in Baltimore. Is there a guy more reliable at his job in the NFL or potentially anywhere else in the world than Justin Tucker? You know, waste of athleticism. I, I promise you Justin Tucker should have been a quarterback. He'd probably be one of the greatest oh of all God. time. You know what I mean? Yeah, facts. But I ain't mad at Justin Tucker. He's a kicker. I love him. I love what he brings to the table. Um, but gosh, when he made that one kick and he turned to the crowd and kind of looked at him like, like, I'm home, guys. I'm home. <laughs> it was dramatic. Yeah, or you finally let me kick a ball. You right. know? It was awesome. Uh, D'Angelo Hall has a few NFL records in his uh, mm -hmm. back pocket. He's got the NFL record for the most picks in a half. That's four. Uh, tied for the most picks in a game. Also four. Uh, he holds the NFL record for fumble recovery yards. I didn't even know that was a thing. That, that is, is a thing. But I appreciate that is a thing, and you hold it. Uh, I bring that up because Justin Tucker has an extraordinary NFL record, 61 straight field yeah. goals in the fourth quarter and in overtime. The man hits them when they count. You saw his yeah. celebration after the 58-yarder. Mm -hmm. uh, quick, how accurate is Justin Tucker? On the game-winning field goal, the ball was 5.4 inches off dead ball center, mm -hmm. meaning it would have been good if the uprights were half a yard apart. How, what? I heard that. Thank you. Yeah. Could you imagine insane. that? That's deadly accurate. That's like he's got, a, he's got a scope or something. Right. right. 
Maybe he's holding the ball with his feet. Let's check his feet. There may be <laughs> so there may be a biological yeah. kind of uh, I don't know many people that anomaly that that, that, that accurately. Yeah. Right, right. There was no question there. Thank you for going with me on that. Bengals <laughs> uh, third loss for the Bengals on the mm, last mm, play of the mm, game. Mm, mm. Ravens two losses despite only trailing for a grand total of 11 minutes and 15 seconds this entire season. What did we learn last night that we didn't know before? I think what we learned is believe what you're seeing from a lot of these teams. Believe it. We're trying to make sense of things. Oh, well, maybe it's, it's too early in the season. Oh, maybe so-and-so is recovering from this. Oh, maybe they just need a little extra time. No. We're in week five. This is what it is. Not to say people can't turn things around, but what you're seeing is big enough of a sample size at this point in the season to know enough about these teams. If I take you at your word, let's go to the next game and the next question. He's in for the touchdown. Eagles with a two-touchdown lead. Which is the Eagles are now 5-0. and oh. oh, man. So by your assertion... The Philadelphia Eagles, being the only remaining unbeaten team in the NFL, are the best team in the NFL. See, the numbers and the assertion are mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I feel an equivocation coming. Yes, because I do think that there are stronger teams. I would put the Bills as a better team yes. than no. the Eagles. Yes. Now, their record is phenomenal, and they are playing, I think, at a 5-0 and level. But to say that they are the best team in the NFL, I don't quite think that. Well played. Yeah. Why, D. Hall, now that they are 5-0, and why am I starting to mm -hmm. worry about the Philadelphia Eagles? I bring up this stat before I ask you the question. Shut out in, f in the fourth quarter of three games this season. Mm -hmm. Twelve total points in the fourth quarter this season. Do they need a few days at finishing school? Because I hmm. worry about a team that can't hold on to hmm. a lead the, the way they have not held on to leads. Well, I'll tell you what. They've been very fortunate to not have to score many points in the fourth right. quarter and still win games. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, 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 it's early in the season. And so, for me, the Philadelphia Eagles are just starting to, you know, really scratch the surface. You, know, you think about the way they played football last year with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback right. position, and then you see these first five weeks, and it's like, wow, like, what, like why couldn't they have done that last year? And so I, just, I think it's just the maturation process. Jalen's getting more composed and more comfortable. Um, he's understanding that at the end of the day, even if it's not open down the field, I can still make something happen with my legs. And yep. I think that's a, that's a scary thing when you couple that with the Philadelphia Eagles' run game and the defense and just the ability to, to really attack your, you know, a couple different ways and it's almost like you talked about Josh Allen and, and you know or you talked about the Bills but it's kind of like that Josh Allen Stefan Diggs effect yep. right you you build it they will come you give give a guy a number one receiver <laughs> and defense has got to play you a little bit differently yeah, yeah exactly defenses have to respect what that guy can do and AJ Brown is I think the you know the caveat that makes them a little bit different of a football team than they were last year if I'm translating Orchard Park Field of Dreams. <laughs> but let's stay with the Eagles for a second. Yep. You mentioned last year, you know who doesn't want us talking about a 5-0 start? Jalen Hurts. Yep. Jalen Hurts, when asked about the 5-0 start, said with defiance, and I love it, I love every word of it, you didn't want to talk about us last year when we mm. were 2-5, don't talk about us now that we're 5-0. That part. Do you love this young man as I much as I do? love it, because his name was splashed in a negative tone all over the Philadelphia mm -hmm. newspapers from the jump. We're looking the at you, moment, the Inquirer. Yeah, the moment he <laughs> got in the league, when the rest of us are saying, can you give him a second yeah. to assimilate, just like you have a lot of other quarterbacks, looking at you, Daniel Jones, for all of these seasons. Um, Nobody wanted to give him a minute to not only get pieces around him, but to also get into the groove that we knew he could do. 
Yeah. And yeah. now I like that energy. No, 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 no. Y'all didn't care about us. Even to your point, MJ, they were stacking draft picks and everybody mm -hmm. wanted to say, well, it's because if Jalen don't work out, we're going to still right. be able to get a quarterback. Right. No. Now they were building Jaylen around about him. None of that. And, and, nope. and it, it just speaks to the kind of character he has, the kind of competitor he is, the kind of leader. Yeah. I mean, that's everything we've heard. I kind of see why Carson Wentz was so intimidated when Jalen walked into the building. Because he is a different <laughs> dude. He really... Yeah. He believes it. He's done it at a he's he's done it at a high level. He's done it everywhere he's been, and so like you said, MJ, I'm believing what I see, and that's that Jalen yep. Hurts is a star. I think perfectly exemplified at the end of the first quarter from his own ten, flushed left. You know the play I'm talking about. Throws back across his body, picks up 23 yards on third and 13. Hurts takes the snap. He's looking. Here comes the rush. He's rolling. Still rolling, he loads up, he fires, and Devontae Smith makes the catch for a first down across the 30 at the 33. Next play, he sprints right, hits Devontae Smith on a dime. He's back, he's looking, he's rolling, still rolling, he fires, leaping reception, Devontae Smith across the Cardinals 40 down to the 39. Hurts to Smith. Special skill set. Love it. Absolutely. Next game, 49ers 37, Panthers 15. And he tosses it to the other team, Mosley. Down the sideline, Mosley cuts it inside. All the way. Touchdown, San Francisco. Matt Rule benched Baker. David Tepper benched Rule. Jimmy G, in his 50th career regular season start, improved his record to 35-15 and 15 with a 98.8 passer rating. D-Hall, since the merger in 1970. Only one other QB can claim that level of success, Patrick Mahomes, mm. who has four straight <laughs> AFC Championship games, an MVP, and a Super Bowl ring. It's elite company. Elite company. Mm. Does he deserve to be in that company? They're doing it different ways, though. I sure. mean, Patrick Mahomes is Andy Reid's son, and Andy's giving him the, the blueprint to, to, to the Matrix, and you, he, he, he's doing things that, you, that you're not supposed to do. He's right. running out here, yes. he's throwing it backwards, yes. behind the hands, yes. switching left-handed. You know, so Jimmy G ain't quite doing that, but the dude winning games. That's it. He winning games, and at the end of the day, you give me a guy who can win games, you know, and I got to say I was wrong because I wanted Jimmy G to force his way out. When I found out, man, yeah. Trey Lance was going to be the guy, I, I'm a competitor, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a dude who wanted the number one receiver every week. Go scrap so I couldn't fathom else. a guy wanting to not go play right now. But the football gods answered his prayers. You know, unfortunately, Trey got hurt. And it was, it was it's the perfect situation to walk in because if Jimmy G walks to any other team, I think they ask too much of him. And the 49ers don't ask that much of him. And, and, it, and it just works. He works, his, 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 his energy works in that building. Um, and like you said, Jimmy G got a resume, and we might not like the way he goes out there and plays the quarterback position. We want it to look a little bit sexier. But like I said, I'm a Commanders fan, and <laughs> damn it, I'll take anything. <laughs> anything. Stop bringing up you the Commanders. Me? We're going to get to them I'm in just a saying. second. More Stop importantly, Kyle Shanahan knows how to win go, with Jimmy G under center. Go. Yep. For all, as excited as he was to get his hands on Detroit. Trey Lance and the different type of offense that they were going to be able to run, he knows that blueprint. Yeah. Jimmy's yeah. here, bet. I know exactly what to You're do. Right. We're in trouble, cool. You're let's, right. let's run it. I'd have ran this, I'd have rolled this horse to a Super Bowl. Okay. You're right about that. Let's do it again. So yeah. Yeah. it works. Yeah. It works. It, it absolutely. Works. I have heard about professional golfers who have clubs in their bags. Yep. 
from yeah. that are 10, 15, 20 years old. <laughs> and they have been offered countless times by their sponsors the brand new shiny nope. version. And they nope. say, no, this seven iron works for me. I know I had to hit it right every single time. Every this time. is a winning combination. MJ, you said earlier today, and I want you to clarify what you mean by that, that the real story from this game is not Baker Mayfield. Oh. It is not Matt Rule, nor is it Jimmy G. Manuel Mosley, that torn ACL. Uh, after a guy got a pick six in that game, has been playing spectacular in that secondary all season long. That's a tough one. That's going to be a tough one for the 49ers. However, back to Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan, who's mm -hmm. phenomenal. Mm -hmm. What they do very well in San Francisco, or Santa Clara, I should say, they know how to stack up depth, talent at depth, with guys whose names you may not know, exactly. who you look at maybe in your fantasy uh, availability, and you're like, who's this guy? If the Niners have him on the roster, go on, put him on your team. Go ahead and do it. They know how to step up. That next man up is is crucial in that locker room. But to see the way he was playing all season and how well uh, he was really carrying that secondary, that it, it's a tough one. That hurts. Yeah, it was almost like when he switched his number, MJ, he turned into a different player. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, he, he elevated his game. Um, he's he's definitely going to be missed. And, you yeah. know, hats off to D'Amico and that, and, and that defensive unit because – you're right. I, I wasn't expecting them to be that tenacious. Mm -hmm. and, and anytime you cut the film on, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's a young guy, if it's Bosa, I mean, they just making plays. And, yeah. and what's the what's what's the safety twenty nine? I know I'm gonna pronounce his name wrong. He's then like, don't then don't ask me. He's like a Tafunga. Tuf yeah. Tufunga. I, I believe that's oh, how you man. say. He's he amazing. I mean, he flashes. He, flashes he flies it. all over and the I field. And I hear the Troy Palomalu that you know, mm -hmm, he kind of mm -hmm. come from. The same area, yes, yes. trains with him. Yeah, and the USC connection in the hair. You can see, you can see <laughs> that was flashy plays that he's yeah. making. And it's just, like like MJ said, it speaks to the 49ers and the way they stack depth. It, next man up. I, yeah. I, I firmly believe they'll be okay, but they will miss him. Yeah. He is a player on that defense. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. My special guests today are D'Angelo Hall and MJ Acosta-Ruiz. The next game took place right here across the street. Cowboys, 22. Stafford, more pressure. Parsons, sack, fumble, it's loose. The defending champion, I think they may have forgotten that, mm. L.A. Rams, 10. 15 total rushes for 38 yards from the defending champs. That feels like imbalance to me. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you mentioned knowing how to win with the tools that you have from a Shanahan offense. Mike McCarthy may deserve a little bit of credit yeah. here because Cooper Rush's numbers, 10 for 16, 102 yards. That doesn't seem like a winning scoreline, and yet it is. Why? <laughs> because they rushed the ball 34 times for 163 yards. You brought up an interesting point when we said, let's give Mike McCarthy a little bit of credit. You're not quite ready to give him credit. You will be ready to give him credit when? When he's able to acclimate Dak Prescott, the leader of this football team, back into this team, this team, not the yeah. team that we thought we were going to have at the beginning of the season or the team that Dak 
trotted out there with opening yeah. day. I'm talking about this team that we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks. And that's a team that plays, I mean, lights out defense. They rush the passer. They control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. And they just don't make mistakes. They don't turn the football over. And I think in the National Football League, if you can win the turnover battle, which is huge, steal some possessions defensively and give the ball back to your offense and your offense doesn't give it away and you're running the football, I mean, you got a chance. I mean, you really do got a chance. And we all know what Dak Prescott brings to the table. He is a, I mean, we can't even put into words, you know, the upgrade he is over Cooper Rush. Just, right. just from a standpoint of knowing what I've seen from other defenses. Yes, and so... You know, I, I can't wait to see because, you know, Dak has openly spoken about, man, the game is really is really a lot simpler than I, than I was making it out to be. Hmm. And sometimes it takes being on that sideline and really getting that look and saying, oh, OK, I can do this. You know, it was times I was out there playing corner, getting beat by Randy Moss, like scratching my head. I don't <laughs> know if I want to do this. And then I'm sitting on the side and I'm like, man, I'm over, I'm trying to do too much. Right. The coverage only asked me to stop this. Why am I trying to stop this slant route when I got a linebacker out there? Just do what the play calls for you to do. And I think Dak and this whole football team is understanding that, you know, it's okay to not make every play to punt the ball to just kind of play conservative football at times and take your shots when you have to. And so, yes, I want to see Mike McCarthy insert Dak back into this football team. And if they continue to move like this, yeah, I'm going to give Mike McCarthy a whole lot of credit. Dan Quinn certainly deserves a heck of a lot of credit. Oh. Man, that credit is easier to accept when you have a menace, a monster <laughs> by the name of Micah. Unreal. MJ, his stat line yesterday doesn't even tell the whole story, but it's certainly impressive. Five total tackles, two sacks, one tackle for a loss, three quarterback hits, and a forced fumble. He is a disruptive, devastating player. And what he does for Mr. Lawrence on the other yep. side of the line, mm -hmm. turns this equation, what D. Hall is talking about and what we're seeing from this defense, into a very tricky out, whether it's now or in the playoffs. And yes, yep. we are talking playoffs for you, Dallas Cowboys fans. What do you like from this team? I love, I love what the defense is doing. Also, they're undefeated on the road. Yes. So to not have your starting quarterback, to go on the road and dominate and do what you're doing, to have your defense play at this level, in my opinion, led by Micah Parson and his efforts. This weekend, more so than ever, I was really impressed with him. This is a guy we saw limping on the sidelines. I was concerned for about half a second, and then just like the conversation we had, he's that guy who picks up the phone and says, can I please go back out there, coach, in preseason? Yes. <laughs> he's, yes. He, he's just that guy that will go out there, get the job done. He wants it on his shoulders. I got it. Let me do it. But everyone else is doing their part as well. It's just such a cohesive unit, this Dallas defense. I wish I had them on my fantasy team. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible thing to watch. And, and D. Hall, we watched it with you in your playing days, and you watched it with some teammates, but certainly other guys around mm -hmm. the league on the defensive side of the ball. It is a devastating combination when you have a next-level skill set and next-level desire. Micah Parsons has that. A couple numbers stood out for me for this game. 64.2% of the plays the Dallas Cowboys called well done, Kellen Moore. We're rushing plays. Uh. Mm. Tony Pollard is averaging 6.3 scrimmage yards a touch in 2022. That is third highest in the league. Eating Tony. And Cooper Rush has won each of his first five career starts in the Super Bowl era. Only four guys have done it. And that list includes Patrick Mahomes, Mark Bolger, and our friend Kurt Warner. Hey. 
Okay. Casual. Next game was on another continent, and MJ was there to see it. <laughs> Giants 27, Packers 22. Allá va Barkley, Barkley, touchdown! Hay juego, damas y caballeros! I want to give MJ a little bit of love here, because <laughs> on Friday, when we made our picks, you picked the New York Giants to beat the Green Bay Packers. Now, David Carr did too, but of course his blood runs a little blue, red, and white because of his time <laughs> right. in New York, so that doesn't really count. You were on a limb, on your own, ostensibly. What did you see in this Giants team that maybe we didn't, who thought that this was going to be potentially an easy win for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I think they're still, they're still being overlooked. Okay, and not underrated, but not overlooked. Not underrated, but overlooked, for sure. And I think they got a little grit about them, more so this year than we have seen in the past few seasons. And that counts for a lot, especially with how Saquon Barkley has been playing. He has a massive boulder on his shoulder, which I've talked about for the last few weeks. He knows that they're going to utilize him, as they should, quite frankly. Um, and, and they did. And they have. And they found different ways, D'Angelo, to your point, to do that. Mm -hmm. Dayball is doing what Dayball does, what we knew he could do. Um, and in a different way than I think we had. I think everybody saw him just because of, of the success he had with um, Josh Allen. I wanted to remind everybody, Daniel Jones is not Josh Allen, no, so it was not, not yep. going to be the same situation. Exactly. And Dayball went in there and said, no, 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 we got to make it work with what we have right here. Yes. And he has been doing that. And so I, I knew that the Giants were going to come across the pond with that New York grit and say, mm -mm, not today. Plus, the Packers have been very hindered. And the Giants' defense was, was giving them... <laughs> giving them a bit of, of, of tough love out there. As Without well. a doubt. Let's talk about that Packers team because you're absolutely right. Brian Dayball committed to, to winning with the tools that he had mm -hmm. in his toolbox. Aaron Rodgers potentially is guilty of not using well enough the tools that he has within his toolbox. Devontae Adams isn't there anymore. That is an old story. This is new material. This is a new week. And again, five straight weeks into the season, this is a Packers team that has scored a grand total of 22 points in the second half. Only two touchdowns in the second half of games through five weeks. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers was 7 for 15, 75 passing yards, no touchdowns, and a 61.8 passer rating in the second half. At a certain point here pretty soon, it's on Aaron Rodgers to figure this out. You're the two-time reigning MVP, is it not? You know, it, it, it's, it's not a yes or no answer. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm typically hard on my quarterbacks, right? Because yeah. to, much, to, to whom much is given, much is expected. Um, but when I just watched the way the Packers played, even, even you know, take that, take that the Giants game. And, you know, the first half, they were humming. I mean, the RPOs, the run pass options were working. When he felt like he couldn't run in it because it was stacked boxes, they got the ball out on the perimeter. The receivers were able to make some plays. They were able to run the ball on early downs. Yep. And then it just felt like in the second half, like almost like they flipped the script. They went from kind of ball control, this is what we do, bam, bam, we'll take a couple shots off some play action to, all right, we just, you know, we're better than you. We're just going <laughs> to get in, in, into this straight drop back game. And it just, the offense just became stagnant. It became three and outs. Green Bay's defense didn't show up to play as well. And to your point, MJ, Brian Dayball was dialing this play yep. calls. I mean... With the Giants being as limited as they are offensively, if it's one dude that I'm going to take away, it's 26. Come on. Yes. It's the dude with the big quads. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to know where he is at all times. And it just, it just, it just seemed like, it just seemed like Saquon had a, had a different jersey on, right. lined up, 
bam, they hiked the ball, ran a play, he got the ball, and then he exposed his jersey as 26, and they're like, oh, man, that's Saquon. We got to go get him. Like, how were they that surprised point, late. the whole game? And then by yeah. that point, it was too late. Um, and so the Giants just were in a rhythm, you know. Daniel Jones was making plays with his legs. He was getting the ball out of his hands, you know, when, when, when he had the opportunity. But the Giants' offense was just humming, and Green Bay's defense didn't respond, and then it put all the pressure back on Aaron Rodgers and that offense. And by that point, the Giants' defense, to your point, MJ, they aren't no slouches. No, no, no. Like, everybody just thinks they're this laughing stock football yep. team. But they got a lot of pride, and they go out there and they fight. They're punching the mouth, and I think that's yep. what Green Bay saw. They saw a team that, that, that wasn't going to quit, wasn't going to back down. Um, you know, do we think that the Giants are – you know, in the playoff pitches, you know, no, you know, pump your brakes a little bit. Relax. Yep. But I think they're going to they gonna come in here and fight fight everybody every single week. Yeah. Um, and they definitely woke the Green Bay Packers up. Math and history says that the New York Giants are absolutely in the playoff yeah. frame. Math. Um, but early, Math four and one. Talent, talent, I should say, Levy. Talent. I want a better <laughs> quarterback, I should okay. say. Fair enough. But I feel you. Yeah. They're doing it. Next game, Chargers 30, Browns 28. Snap. Kick is up, and it is no good. No good. He pushed it right. The Chargers are going to get out of here with a win. We all saw how that game ended. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And we all saw what led to the Browns' opportunity to end that game differently. Are we making too much of Brandon Staley's money ball decision to go for it money on fourth ball. down in his own territory. And, and, and look, B. Staley, I don't know you personally, man, but Big Dog, it's okay to say you was wrong, it's man. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. He's back. He throws. It's no good. They missed it to Mike Williams. Broken up by M.J. Emerson. And the Browns are going to get the ball in Charger territory. I am stunned. Because for you to think you knew exactly what they were in, like the play still wasn't going to be a successful play. And then you know, it's the downside, right? What, what are you you putting your defense in that bad situation? And look, it worked out. Shouldn't have worked out. It looked like both teams didn't really want to win the game. Because I'm even watching Jacoby run. I'm like, run! Run! He gave me flashbacks of, 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 of Aaron Rodgers um, when he could have ran in there. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? That we, we, we ate him up all offseason. Yep. Uh, Aaron, yes. run it next time. Yes. Yep. But, you know, that was my flashbacks when I, you know, when I saw Jacoby Brissett. So, you know, this was the game that both teams wanted to lose. Uh, but I guess Cleveland found a way to lose even, you know, lose even more. Um, but, I, you know, it's one of those games where in that, in that situation, I, I would have loved for them to punt the ball, let the defense fight. But to go for it in that situation was – was a tough, tough hill to climb, but they won. I think one of the things that we forget from this discussion is that the Browns didn't have any timeouts. Right. So if you punt there and make it a long field, Jacoby Brissett was moving the ball in that game. Yep. So I, on the one hand, I understand what Brandon Staley was seeing. Yeah. Let's end it here. Let's not give him a chance. Right. But punting it to a team without any timeouts, not going to hopefully, potentially deep in their own territory, make it a 70, 80, 90-yard mm -hmm. field. Come on, man. Yeah. Maybe we are making too much of it, but he keeps giving us an opportunity <laughs> to make too much of it. Let's talk Austin Eckler for a second. Austin Eckler oh, and our good friend Ladanian Tomlinson are the only players in Chargers franchise history with 170-plus rush yards, one rushing TD, and one receiving TD mm. in a single game. That's rarefied air for Ladanian Tomlinson. Is Austin Eckler in even more rarefied air specific to this season? 
Should he be in the MVP conversation? Maybe it's probably better to say, should he be in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation now that they have found him right. on their roster? We have been talking about how freakishly good Austin Eckler is for several seasons mm. now, and yet I, he's still disregarded yes. in this league. Yes, disrespected. Disrespected, yes. quite frankly, in this league. I don't understand why. I don't. I, we see the numbers. We see him play. We see how he trains. Good grief. It's unreal. He's, at, he's training at the same level yeah. as like Nick Chubb out there in, in just weight training. It's, let's un, talk, it's crazy. Let's talk Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the only player in NFL history to have 575 or more rushing yards and seven or more rushing touchdowns on fewer than 100 carries in his first five games of the team's season. And yet the young man is unfortunate because he wears brown and orange mm. and he seems to be lost in the current Cleveland situation. Yeah. Is this a team that can pull out of being themselves? Can they fix themselves? Can they keep themselves from themselves? Well, <laughs> it's one thing that Cleveland has that that a lot of other teams don't have, and that's they got a number one quarterback coming, coming back to the party. Um, and for Cleveland and Kevin Stefanski, all they wanted to do was have a chance. They, 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 they wanted to have a chance when they got their number one guy back in the fold um, to see what they can do. And I think that I think they'll have something to say for it at the end. I think a lot of these teams are beating up on each other in the AFC. Um, you know, it's kind of everybody's kind of in the middle of the pack. I don't know if they have enough time to really create the identity they want, um, but I think they're going to have a chance at the end of the day when it's all said and done. Deshaun Watson? Yes, sir. Back in the facility for the first time when? Today. Yeah. Texans 13, Jags 6. My only question is this. What's the question to ask? about this game because I can't come up with one. It's such an obscure game. I, I what think is happening? the only game I didn't watch, to be 100% honest, which I saw the highlights. Oh but it was, it's just one of those games. One of those, you know, it's, it's two teams that, you know, I hate to say this, but doesn't have a lot of superstar power. You know, yeah. I love Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, I, I feel on, like Davis him Mills. and that team's a, a year or so away. Uh, Bryce, the running back down in Houston. Pierce, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, Jamie he, Pierce. he runs that thing. Like, yeah, he does. I yeah. mean, I'm almost, I'm, I don't want to say it yet, but he he, he looking like little baby Marshawn at Ooh, times. Um, I like that. But, yeah, just just one of those games that didn't didn't do a lot for me. Yeah. yeah. Didn't do a lot for me. In the didn't big. do a lot for you. Didn't do a lot for the scoreboard. But the Texans have won nine straight games against the Jags. This may be one of those situations where a team just has another team's number yep. for whatever reason. My question to you, I guess, now that I've come up with one is, is the <laughs> AFC South nothing more than an ugly dog pageant? It's watchable. It's watchable. We always we love dogs. Right. We love dogs. <laughs> even ugly dogs. They have so we will they watch charm. Absolutely. They have a charm. I mean, yeah, you know what's crazy? I was just thinking about the NFC East and and how that has made such a stark shift. Mm -hmm. But this division, the AFC South in particular, we're still trying to like, what, what's, what's, what's going on over here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's going on over there? It, it's an enigma. It's interesting, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, and we're doing that because why, right? I mean, you sit back and you look, Tennessee's supposed to be kind of, mm -hmm. you know, the king, right? Right. Reigning. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't, you know, it kind of looks different, yeah. right? Yeah. Not, not having A.J. Brown, the defense is kind of up and down. They got yeah. a big win uh, uh, up in Washington. Um, but it, it just still doesn't look like we've seen it looking years right. past. And then you think about Indy, too, right? And we just assume, man, Matt Ryan played pretty good with that bad Falcons team last year. They're going to be good. 
And it just hasn't happened. It hasn't come together. And then you got Jacksonville, young with a lot of talent. Houston, too, a young football team. With Davis Mills, he's making plays. And so it's the division of unproven guys. Correct. Oh, I like that. Unproven, recent unproven. Because Matt Ryan has an MVP. But yeah, right. the last couple of years, he's just kind of floated by. So... Um, I think we're, you know, we're all on a wait to see. Even with Tennessee, we kind of know what they've been. Yep. But, you know, you can't rest on your laurels. You got to nope. go out there and prove it every week. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. My special guests today are D'Angelo Hall and MJ Acosta-Ruiz. All right, let's get this out of the way. You've mentioned them enough times. Let's just rip yeah, off the Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tennessee right. Titans 21, Washington Commanders 17. Yep. The game ends on the backside of an 18-play drive that finishes with a Carson Wentz interception at the two-yard line. Carson does. Wentz, quick pass, and it's intercepted! We all saw what we saw, but you see it through a different lens a professional prism, the light is going through. D. Hall, is there anything for me as a Washington Womb to the Tomb fan to be hopeful about? I mean, I guess De'Ami Brown made some plays. But then, but then I sit back and I think, and, 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 and I said, man, De'Ami Brown made some plays. And then somebody said, well, yeah, that's because you know, Dawson wasn't there. And I'm like, yeah, but the four weeks prior, De'Ami wasn't even dressed out in a uniform. Right. Right. And so it's a bigger problem. Like, you have to get your playmakers the ball. And then it's like... Curtis Samuel's getting a whole lot of targets, but I want to see Terry get a little more targets. And so, it, you know, it, it's really it's, it's up to Scott Turner to try and find a way to get the football to all of his guys and try to spread it out. Um, you know, that last play was so unfortunate. Washington, in typical fashion, wasted all their timeouts. I think they had a bad challenge that yeah. they lost and they didn't have a timeout, so they couldn't run the football. And so... I mean, you watch Tennessee. They got big Jeffrey Simmons, who's, I mean, a massive man yes. at defensive tackle. Yes. That last play, he doesn't even rush. Correct. He drops. He's in zone, Correct. clogging up the middle. <laughs> David Long's over here clogging this up, you know, just reading Carson's eyes. Like, that play was destined to fail. Like, we love it when you get down in the red zone because it shortens the amount of room we have to cover. And so even if I ain't very fast, heck, I can cover, I'm good. I can cover anybody at eight, nine yards. <laughs> I can do that right now. I'm almost yeah. 40. So, it, it was just a tough situation. And he ran a 4-1 this morning. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, I am not shoot. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Ran a 40. Yeah, drunk a 40. <laughs> uh, but it was just a tough situation for Carson in that, you know, in that situation. Um, I mean, but to me, and, and I, I hate acting like it's all on Carson because it's not. It is. His team just is not playing very well. Yeah. Like, when you watch everybody else and how they're playing, how they're winning games, how they're fighting and scrapping, and then, you get, and then you get to watch your team, your home team you grew up, team you played for, and, and then you see some of that stuff. Like, I mean, William Jackson, we're paying a lot of money. We, just, we benched him. Yes. And so I, I just don't know how we can't seem to get it right. Yeah. And other teams can draft dudes in the 6th, 7th round, and they turn into superstars. 
We all see how the Tennessee Titans are winning. Three and two, not particularly convincing, and yet there they are, Mm -hmm. ahead of the ugly dog pageant, AFC South. We know how they're doing it. Derrick Henry. Tannehill gives Henry diving, stretching the ball. Touchdown, Titans! 15 Mm. games now with 100-plus rushing yards and two rushing TDs, more than twice anyone else in the league since 2016. Something else, one last thing about this this game and this player, Carson Wentz, we see how statistics can deceive us. They seduce us. Mm -hmm. We have been seduced by Kirk Cousins' statistics over the years. Heck, we were were seduced by Blake Bortles for a season or two when the numbers were astonishing. Yesterday, Carson Wentz was 25 for 38, 359 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. That looks like a winning stat line. It does. And yet you look over and it won for 11 on third down. Oh. And third downs are your bread and butter on offense, right? That's 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 your lifeline. That's how you keep drives alive. Keep mm-hmm. And it, it goes back to situational awareness. How good is this team? How, you know, when it's a gotta have it play, how well can you lock in and not get those, you know, those garbage yards at the end of the game when the team's up ten points and they just kinda in a, in a little bit more of a prevent type of defense so they're allowing you to hit that check down and he turns that into eight yards a pop and the yards add up and so I mean you're absolutely right numbers numbers can deceive you and you know like we said would you rather have a guy with great numbers or numbers that look really good and they don't win no games or a dude who numbers are huh because look at Cooper Rush's stat line yeah he got the right. dub. 102 yards got the dub and a dub <laughs> the only dub we have is the one at the beginning of Washington let's move on <laughs> Eleventh play of this Minnesota drive is a Dalvin Cook walk-in touchdown. Vikings 29, Bears 22. I want to be the guy that hits the drum at a, at a Vikings home game one of these days. I'm going to have to <laughs> pretend to be a Vikings fan, but, man, that looks like fun. It looks it like a look great like place to watch a game. It's on my bucket list of places to watch a game. My question is this. Why is it hard for me to buy the Vikings at 4-1? and one? Am I being unfair? No, you're not. I think all of us feel some kind, a, a, a bit of... Um, there's a pause. Skepticism. Yeah, there's sure. a pause. There's right? a pause. Like, mm, I, I, I would love to believe you, yes. Kirk Cousins and Co. Yes. But. But <laughs> I don't. And it's a gut feeling. I think from what we know of the inconsistency, from we kn- from what we know of, hey, stat lines don't always result in yes. what you think they yes. will. Um, there's a big, and it's, it's a protection. It's a guard that Absolutely. we all have when it comes to Absolutely. the Vikings. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's hard to buy in for some, four and one. Can't put still. yourself out there. Like, I don't know who Kevin O'Connell, like, who are you really, are Kevin you? O'Connell? Like, I don't, yeah. like, I know you, because I, you know, like, you on the staff with us and all that, but <laughs> I don't really know you, man. Right. Like, I know Sean, I know LaFleur, I yeah. know, you know, Mike McDaniel, I know all these guys, but I don't really know Kevin O'Connell. He didn't really talk a whole lot, and so to yeah. me, when he was thrusted into that leadership position, I just didn't know what to expect. And so I, I have been pleasantly surprised. I actually went to go to Minnesota for training camp, and I watched him, and I saw that defense. Ed Donatel is my old defensive coordinator yes. for the Falcons, and right. you know he runs that Vic Fangio. So I'm like, man, they're they going to have a chance. They got edge rushes. And so I left that camp feeling like, okay, but, man, it's going to all depend how mm-hmm. this offense responds. And, I mean, Justin Jefferson said, man, I've been watching a lot of film. And the way Cooper Cup getting open, <laughs> I might win player of the year. I said, okay, big dog. Bet. And he's been getting open. They've been finding a way. But I think it just comes down to we're not really believing them because they ain't really played nobody. Like, they played Green Bay, yeah. but we around here, like, we don't, we don't really believe in Green Bay, right? They trying right. to figure out who they are. Also, so, they should 
beat the Bears. Yeah, yeah. That's a game you should win, win and yet at some point, the Bears had a lead in that game. They did. We are very critical of Kirk Cousins, myself especially, but we have to give the man credit where it is due. Sure. We always said that his biggest issues came on third down and in the red zone. And yet yesterday, the Vikings scored a touchdown on all four of their red zone drives, and they were 12 for 15 on third down. That's huge. Well played, Kirk Cousins. That's huge. You deserve a laurel wreath. <laughs> you just got one. <laughs> Don't expect another. That's huge. And that means they're going to run it with Hill. This is what he could go. Saints 39, Seahawks 32. What they have been game. the game of the week for me. Very exciting. And it came from an unexpected source. Taysom Hill. Let's go, Taysom. Who you were giving some credit to and calling out, putting in the spotlight two weeks ago and three weeks ago. You were right, MJ. Yeah, except that I didn't pick. I don't think I picked the Saints this week. <laughs> but he, he listened to me, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I'm impressed. I think they're leaning more on him. They know that they should. He is bawling out in every possible way that he could, um, that he could be. I'm, I've been a fan of Taysom Hill for quite some time now. I think what being a Swiss Army knife, especially in this particular team, has been such a blessing for the Saints and for Taysom Hill and his little contract. And his longevity in the game. No I like what he does, and I love the way they've been utilizing him. It makes it exciting, man. That was such a good game to watch. It was. It was. And, I mean, I even got to give some props to Geno because mm -hmm. I, I, I almost feel like before Rush left Seattle, Geno took all his yep. talent. Like, they switched to something. like Almost like a Space <laughs> Jam spoof. A little bit. But the football <laughs> version. Because um, Geno, man, he's moving the pocket. He's moving around. He's, he's feeling himself. He's down the field. You can see that. That time he spent on the bench, he 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 was working. Yeah. He was working. He was prepping for his opportunity. And, I mean, the dude's out there playing really good football. Smith sets up at midfield. He wants the end zone. He wants Lockett. And he's got him again. But back to the Saints. I mean, MJ, you're right. Taysom Hill makes the Saints a different football team. And for I think sure. we all knew that. Um, you know, we hope that Pete Carmichael, the new OC, used him the same way. You know, Pete was there all them years with Sean Payton, too. And so... Yeah. Um, I mean, they're picking right back up where they left off. Um, you know, hopefully, if this defense continues to, you know, keep playing well, um, you know, I don't know what Jameis', Jameis uh, injury is looking like. Uh, but, man, if they just don't make the silly mistakes and they yeah. run the football and they put the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands more often, I mean, this, this – you know, this team could be scary, too. They put it in his hands 23 times yesterday mm -hmm. for 103 yards, and yet he was a forgotten character right. mm -hmm. on that team. Taysom Hill, nine rushes, mm -hmm. 112 yards. Three. Three. Three touchdowns. One for one passing, and 22 yards. Through one, two. Right? And a touchdown. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> Bills, 38. Steelers, three. Josh Allen, 424 yards, including... A season long, I can't imagine it, it, it will be beat. It can be beat. 98-yard touchdown to Gabe Davis. Oh, my goodness! This is going to be 98 yards to Gabe Davis! His passer rating was through the roof. His confidence, through the roof. <laughs> but again, like we talked about with the Vikings beating the Bears, they beat a team they should have beaten. This is a Bills team that beat a Steelers team they should have beaten. Question now. Is Mike Tomlin facing finally his first losing season 
as an NFL head coach? I think it's inevitable at some point to to lose. Right. You know, for for Mike Tomlin to have been a head coach all these years and never had a losing season, um, and you look at trying to incorporate in a young quarterback, uh, a rookie quarterback, into the fold because it looks like it's going to be Kenny Pickett's team now. You know, it, it's a dogfight every single week. Yeah. Some games they can't win. Some games they they're just outmatched. They aren't running the football very effectively. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh has always played great defense. And, you know, it was a couple of those plays, like, you know, the Mika Fitzpatrick play, play with Gabe. Okay, good play by Gabe Davis. I mean, Mika right there, hands on the ball. Here's Allen. Trying to go deep to Davis. He pulls it in. Incredible catch. Could have went either way. It went that way. I mean, you can't give up big plays, explosive plays. Um, they're missing T.J. Watt. He's their leader. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I think so. It's a different think, team with Kenny so. Pickett under center. It is a dramatically different team without T.J. Watt on the field. Josh Allen, your QB1 in fantasy, my QB1 in fantasy. Yes. Uh, the first quarterback in the last 30 seasons to throw for 400 or more yards and four or more touchdowns on 20 or fewer completions in a win. He's efficient. Real. He's Lucky. exquisite. He's extravagant. Is he the MVP? Right now, absolutely. Give the man the trophy. Y'all lucky. Let me tell you why I've lost every every game I, this every game every week in fantasy because Russ is my quarterback. Okay, but let me be and clear. And I refuse to bench him because I'm like, dog. I, I'm always like, for dog. For real. Yes. I'm like, Russ <laughs> even still with got Josh it. Allen. And, and Russ ain't got nothing for me, man. I'm like, dude, come he on. He keeps me in him. And he's from VA, so I'm trying to hold yeah. him down, MJ. But I know. I know. VA is about to go out the window. And Russ <laughs> come, come, come through for me. In-game adjustments define champions. In-season adjustments define fantasy champions. I, <laughs> I don't buy your rationale. Bench him. Stream a Somebody quarterback. Somebody in my league got Lamar on the bench, and I'm trying to think who they start is. They start a balling, though. Maybe it's what? Josh, and I'm trying to figure how they it's got both. I don't be. know what they're doing. That's wild. But I, I put a trade in to try to get Lamar, so I'm trying. Nobody's trading me. I'm in an all-women's yeah. league. They're ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> Goff, under pressure, lost the football. Patriots recover. It's in the hands of Kyle Duggar, and he will take it all the way for a New England defensive touchdown. Patriots 29, Detroit Lions 0. Oh. I don't know. I have never seen this happen before, yeah. that a team that Which, was leading the NFL yeah. in points per game, yeah. as the Lions were, yeah. after four games, wow. gets shut out in game number five. This seemed like the kind of game that Bill Belichick was licking his chops for. He was waiting for no, it. No, he wanted the opportunity to sort of unmask this Detroit Lions offense. Mm -hmm. He did that. My question to you is, what did he see that we didn't see in this Detroit Lions team? Was it as simple as the absence of DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown? I don't know if it was as simple as that because, I mean, it was total domination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you talk about Bill Belichick being the mad scientist, I, I think it was no more evident than, than that game film. Um, I mean, I just I, I did not see that coming. Any way you slice it, I thought it was going to be a physical ball. I thought it played right into Detroit's hands. And, yeah, yeah, Detroit just, for some reason, I, you know, and I, I can't say Detroit just didn't show up. Coach Belichick got his guys ready to play. Yeah. I mean, he, he got them ready to play offensively and defensively. They they took advantage of their opportunities. They ran the football. They were tough. They were smart. Um, yeah, I mean, they 
They made me almost now. I'm kind of second-guessing Detroit as a tough physical football team that I Same. thought I could count on. I thought they were just struggling with their defense at this point in the season. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's a copycat league. Yes. So you best believe everybody's watching that film. And even if you put DeAndre Swift and uh, 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 St. Brown in that lineup, I, I, I don't know if they make that many plays to compound what, what happened uh, Sunday. Passion can be an exhausting motivational drive. Yeah. You always need scheme. You always need something more tangible to count on than passion alone. For me, this Detroit Lions team always seemed like a team that was driven by passion, none more so, of course, than yeah. by the head coach, Dan Campbell himself. You fell in love with this team watching Hard Knocks, as a lot of us did. Is the jig up? Yeah, I think the jig is up at this point. But for me, I think what got me was last week. Down by three. They lost by three to the Seahawks. They lost by four to the Vikings. They lost by three to the Eagles in week one. So they've been in them. Yeah. They've been in these games. And I'm looking at, the, I picked them to beat the Patriots because they're going up against a team that doesn't have their quarterback. The starting quarterback is a guy that we mm -hmm. all had to Google mm -hmm. looking into it. The Patriots had not been playing fantastic football. And they have been so close to actually getting these dubs. So I said, oh, no. I saw them all training camp. They can do this. Well, I, I rode with y'all. I, I know Lions. I rode with them a lot last year. And I know a lot of people uh, in that coaching, I'm talking to them constantly. Yeah. I know how hard they're working. But it's like, I got to believe what I'm seeing, too. You got to get some results. You know? It's results-based business. Yep. Yeah. Talking to me about the process all you want. I, mm -hmm. need to, I need to see some dubs. A fake to Fournette. A throw from Brady and a touchdown for Tampa. Buccaneers, 21. Falcons, 15. This is what we know in life. The sun rises, the sun sets. <laughs> we pay taxes and we die. And Tom Brady does not lose to your Atlanta Falcons. Man, Tom should have lost, man. <laughs> Tom get every call, man. Tom should have lost. There wasn't no rough in the passer. Brady Jarrett brings him down. But then a flag flies. Oh, my goodness. There's no intent to hurt the quarterback. I just don't know how you call that. That is not in the spirit of the rule, the way it was created to protect quarterbacks going to the ground. It was not. I stand on that. And I think if you don't call that, along with the phantom uh, P.I. on my man A.J. Terrell not before fans. that, um, the Falcons win this game, you know. And, and, I mean, hats off to Arthur Smith and the way that, you know, that team's playing. You know, I didn't think the Falcons would win two games this year. And they've already done and that. They've done that. They've surpassed that. This should have been a game I, I felt like I wanted to see that football team, the Falcons, that is, with the ball, coming back against Tampa, because I, I thought they deserved that. I thought they earned that, and I, th I thought it was taken away from them. Um, but, I mean, Tampa is, 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 is who they are. You yeah. know, they're led by the greatest of all time in Tom. You know, they could sleepwalk through games and still win. You know, that defense – to be up 21-0 and, 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 and give up 15 in a row. And like I said, I thought the Falcons had the momentum. Yes. They get that sack, I, I thought they were going to come, come, come back down and score. Tom Brady improves to 11-0 in his career against the Falcons, uh, a Falcons team that is defined by balance. They committed to the run, 31 rushes, 151 yards. Mariota threw the ball 25 times. Uh, not a great stat line and yet efficient when he needed to be, and yet, again, they lose. Let's talk about the play very quickly that D. Hall referenced. It is the, the subject of a lot of debate mm -hmm. in NFL circles today. Is this an overcorrection? It feels like an overcorrection, but I also agree with D. Hall. It feels like the Tom Brady effect as well, I think. Not all things 
are reflected the same depending on the player mm -hmm. who's involved, right? Yeah. Not purposefully. That's just what it is. There's sort of like this in, in implicit bias when you go into things where like, this is a treasure, this is a, a gem, this yeah. is Tom Brady, you are not to, you know, you are not to rough him up like that. Um, but it, I mean, I think anybody who watched that was scratching their head or throwing a shoe at the TV, like, what are you actually saying here? Mm -hmm. Takes the snap, drops back to throw, looks over the middle, dodging tackles, runs to his right, dives for the end zone, lost the football, but he broke the plane. That's a Jet touchdown. Jets, 40. Mm. <laughs> dolphins, 17. I don't want to dwell on your Dolphins. Um, again, they lose a quarterback. They had excuses, yeah. Man. Yeah. When, when you don't like to make excuses, I mean, God dang, they had everyone. Things have taken a turn. Yeah. Let's talk about the Jets. Let's give credit where credit is due. Miami had an off day. They've had an off couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens to that team. They're hard not to root for, especially since my desk is right next to yours. <laughs> but the Jets led the NFL in week five by putting 40 points on the board. Very impressive. Balanced offense, 33 rushes for 135 yards. Uh, Zach Wilson, efficient, 14 for 21, 210. Didn't throw a pick, didn't throw, didn't throw a touchdown, but that's all right. They got the win. Are you impressed with this Jets team? I mean, I'm impressed with the Jets, but yes, the Miami Dolphins were definitely banged up going into that game. You know, they weren't at full strength. And, you know, in the NFL, we don't make excuses. You go out there with who you have, and you go and right. compete. We've seen backup quarterbacks win um, before, and so I, I can't fully, fully point the finger at that. But this is what Rob Sala envisions his team being able to do. Like, you, yeah. I mean, you, you just spit out those stats. Not gaudy numbers, you know, nope. 33 rushes for 100 and some yards. Yeah. So it wasn't a, 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 a huge day on the ground. It wasn't a huge day in the air. But this team, I mean, they played complete. Defensively, they took the ball away. They hit the quarterback. Um, you know, they did some things that, that that when you look at big picture, you can see, okay, they got some things cooking. They got some things cooking. They got a young football team that has to figure it out. And, you know, to Rob Silas' point, he's keeping receipts because he wants guys to know, like, hmm. hey, look, I, you know, we hear what's being said about us, and all we're going to do is keep coming to work every day and keep working. That's all we know how to do. And, I mean, I think that's what that team's going to look like in the next two years. I think there's still a little bit of way, a little, little, little bit of pieces, a little bit of experience, a um, little bit of understanding that scheme. I hope he has the time, um, you know, in New York to get, to get it all cooking uh, because that, that job wasn't a quick fix as we've, no. as we've seen with the turnover coaches up there. So, um, but I like what they got going. I really like the partnership they have in their backfield. Brees Hall, 18 carries, 97 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Two receptions for 100 yeah. receiving yards. First Jets running back with 100 receiving yards since. Our friend LaDainian Tomlinson did mm -hmm. it back in 2011. The Jets had seven interceptions in all of last year. They already have that in 2022. As a man who got quite a few of those in his playing days, you know mm -hmm. how important it is to take drives away from your opponent. They're doing some good things. Yeah, absolutely. If you can stop the other team, take the football away, even more importantly than take the football away and take it away from them and take points away from them, you give your football team the opportunity to have another crack at it. You know what I mean? And especially when you're a young offense, you talk about Zach Wilson, that young running game, that young offense, you want to get those guys as many opportunities as possible. And so, I mean, that speaks volumes. Seven picks all of last year and through five games, we got seven. Yeah, we're doing something right.
I lied. There is one more question. Who needs running backs? I say that confidently because Michael Robinson is here. <laughs> 43 rushing touchdowns scored by non-running backs so far this season, tied for the second most through Week 5 in the Super Bowl era. The lesson is the same. Element of surprise. Find a way Ooh. to get into the end zone. It exactly. doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter how. Find your way in. Mm-hmm tends to work well for you if you can. I want to thank today's guests, D'Angelo Hall and MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Join us tomorrow on NFL Total Access, the podcast, when we start to drill down into the week six NFL schedule. The best games, the best matchups, is the best game of all Chiefs-Bills, or is it that NFC East clash between the Eagles Mm. and the Cowboys? We'll debate that tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.